Welcome to the Next Brave Thing podcast. My name is Ella Hooper, and I believe that breakthrough is on the other side of bravery. This podcast features brave stories, emotional health, and creativity to inspire you to take your next brave step. Bernie, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I had so much um, positive feedback from the last podcast on wisdom because, yeah, because I think a lot of people are just trying to figure out how to make good choices. So (laughs) absolutely. Having a grid for wisdom is always good. Um, But I think wisdom and creativity are very much connected. And so, yeah, so I thought, why not get the expert in the Bible back on the podcast? No pressure at all. Um, (laughs) To talk about creativity. And I, as people know uh, who are following my journey, I've been to New York in an acting school and really diving into my own creative creative journey. And I think when I think of um, thought leaders in the world in creativity, they always kind of talk about the spiritual side of creativity or yes. the state of mind in engaging in creativity. There's a book called Flow, which is about you know, your flow in creativity, like when you get, it's almost like a portal opens up and you get downloads of ideas. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so I'm like being a Christian, I'm like, what the heck is the biblical context of creativity? I know sure. it myself, but um, yeah. And I thought, why not get, and you said something in our last uh, when we last caught up in Reading, um, we were finishing up our last podcast and you kind of offhandly said something <laughs> that I couldn't even remember, but it really stood out to me about, what, what was it, the seven? Seven spirits of God and spirits how that relates to creativity, um, yeah. which is very tantalizing because it's like, wait, Seven spirits of God. I thought there was only one Holy Spirit. I mean, does yeah. he have six brothers? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, from Isaiah 11, and we can get into that whenever yeah. you want. But, yeah, definitely there is this marriage of wisdom and creativity and totally integrated with the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And yes. the beauty is how much the Lord desires to release that to us. Um, I yes. love Proverbs 2, 7. It says, he stores up wisdom for us, not from us. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's playing keep away. You know, it's like he so desires to release new levels of creativity and wisdom to us, probably more than we want it. He yes. wants our success, you know? So That's yeah, good. I'm excited to talk about that. Well, I love that so much. Yes, it was so tantalizing. Like when you... <laughs> When you did mention, I was like, what? There's another thought or concept that I haven't thought about, which is there's so many. Um, But I guess like diving into sort of the questions, and we'll definitely get to that. But um, I think I've heard um, there's an author called Elizabeth Gilbert who um, she would call like every one of us has a genius inside us. Mm. And like ideas are kind of like they they're orbiting around us and it's mm-hmm. our job to really catch those ideas and yeah. 
execute it. Otherwise the ideas go to someone else. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of agree with that in some sense. And yeah. um, I, obviously like she words it differently, but what would you say? I think I know that God is a creator and we're made in the image of God. So we are creators, right. but I'd love you to go into like, what is creativity? Like let's. Yeah. I mean, there's it. a, there's a lot of great definitions out there. I think one of the simplest ones I, I heard is that it's basically the use of imagination and original ideas. I mean, this is stepping outside the box of the usual. And the thing about it, it doesn't just apply to artistry. I mean, obviously, it certainly does. But even in like recognizing and developing um alternatives and possibilities in problem solving. I mean, you can have creative solutions in business, um, you know, creative ideas and solutions in technology and even in parenting or, you know, yeah. in all these different aspects of relation. I mean, how about creativity for date night? I mean, it's very practical. It's, you know, part of our everyday life, like wisdom, like we talked about last time, how wisdom is extremely pragmatic and practical. I mean, the definition of wisdom is skill. You know, we think of it as this lofty esoteric concept and these secret counsels and deep mysteries. And wisdom can, you know, include that, but it's basically so practical. I mean, we defined, you know, differentiate between knowledge and wisdom. You asked me that question and how my husband came up with the idea of it's knowledge is like having tools in your garage and wisdom is knowing how to use them. So it's this very practical everyday application. Um, and the thing is with in biblical terms, I mean, there is no word for creativity as such, you know, in the Greek or Hebrew. However, we certainly have creator and we certainly have creation and create those words. And uh, basically it means to shape or to bring forth, mm. which I love that because if you think about it again, it goes to originality doesn't it? It's not something that's been done before necessarily. We're not talking about revision and we're not talking about copy. We're talking about a new thing, generating something new, not thought of before, right? And so like you mentioned that, you know, God is the ultimate creative, you know, from a biblical standpoint, we as believers, um, we believe that, you know, he is the original um inventor of invention <laughs> he is the original you know innovator of innovation he he started it all and as you said we've been made in his image and likeness that's where our identity comes from that's where our worth comes from that is where our value comes from and if we believe we've been made in the image and likeness of god which means to represent him and resemble him and if we do represent him well and we resemble him, that means we are moral. I think everyone is, we have this moral compass. We really do. And that can get skewed by life and the world, but we have a morality. Mm. We are eternal if we look like God, right? If we're made in his image and likeness and we're creative. Mm -hmm. And I think you see this in humanity in general. I mean, humanity, whether they know the Lord intimately, walk with him or not, there's this imprint, this fingerprint, this DNA within each human being 
that reflects God to a certain degree. Do you know what I mean? And you see beautiful, impactful, powerful expressions of creativity to people through people who don't even know the Lord or walk with him. It it's profound. Yet if you think about it, if we do know him, if we've been reconciled to him, and it's a process of walking it out, you know, and getting our minds renewed and growing to look more like him every day, if you will. Yeah. But just think about the exponential potential for power and influence if we are writing and acting and painting and problem solving from that identity and being joint heirs with him. It mm -hmm. is exponential, like another dimension to your art. I yeah. mean, what if our paintings hanging in a hospital or a doctor's office could actually emit a healing anointing? What if we're, if we're interior designers, we could design a decorate a home according to people's dreams and visions and destiny. And when they walk into those rooms, it just reinforces and encourages that. I mean, what if music carries a new sound and a dimension to bring wisdom and revelation and peace? I mean, when you think about it, it's really an extraordinary opportunity to represent him as yeah. the ultimate painter and architect. And I like to think of him as the original spoken word artist as well, because <laughs> he spoke the worlds into existence. So we're carrying all this DNA of creativity, especially as believers, as we learn to hear the voice of the Lord more and we're sensitive to his promptings and we can receive those downloads, those things that are orbiting, yeah. Um, as it's been said, my husband used to say that he goes, man, I hear these rock and roll songs and they're just so awesome. And I think, I wonder if maybe that was a download and they hijacked it. It was supposed to be a worship song. <laughs> Not that I don't love rock and roll. You know, we, we do, we love it for what it is. We absolutely do. And God certainly uses it and it, it can be a blessing to mankind, but yeah. So, yeah. uh, that's basically what I think about you know, the fact, the truth that we are made in his image and likeness and how we should have an expectancy mm -hmm. to hear from him and to receive, knowing it's our birthright mm -hmm. as believers yeah. to express him on another level and another dimension. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I love that you're talking about it being identity because I think there's a lot of, um, distortion around who we are so then we yeah. don't we actually feel stuck and we don't create which is a lot right. of you know even working with clients or students around like having creative blocks you always yeah. want to go back to your identity how you see yourself it's even like kids they can feel like they're the best painter in the world but it's right if someone is like yeah, that's not that great. It kind of uh -huh. shuts down their little dreams, you know? Exactly. And so yeah. there's a lot kind of warring against our identity that stops us from being creative. Absolutely. And um, I know last time we, you know, dealt into wisdom and 
we talked about, you know, the different ways wisdom comes, you know, we talked about, of course, coming from the word of God and also people in your life that could speak into your life. I mean, give you good counsel. We talked about um, our own experiences. We can learn from that. And I said, like, you know, experience is a great teacher if you live through it. <laughs> yeah. You can, you know, gain a lot of wisdom from, you know, what you've experienced. You kind of know what not to do next time. You also have wisdom to share with people, you know, to warn them, you know, if you've learned a hard lesson. I mean, God is so good at redeeming even our mistakes that I think sometimes people think he caused the mm-hmm. bad situation just to get glory out of it. But he's no, he didn't cause the bad situation. He's just that good at right. redeeming anything we give to him, you know? But yeah. I, mean, I think people say, oh, well, that tragedy happened to teach me this or that. I'm like, no, right. he's no. just that good at, at bringing good out of it if we if we give that situation to him. But and we've then talked about, and you had shared this with me about having peace in your heart as a guideline when making decisions. And I love that, you know, out of Colossians three, it says that let peace rule in your heart or be an umpire. Literally it tells you what's safe and what's out of bounds. And, and I love that. Um, One of the, my favorite uh, scriptures regarding wisdom, it's in Ephesians three and it Paul's talking. And he says that the wisdom of God is manifold, Mm -hmm. which means it's, multifaceted and some translations say it's multicolored and there's different dimensions to it which i love that and one of those dimensions one of those aspects or colors or facets if you will is the fact that wisdom involves creativity Mm. and i mean if you think about a skill you know but um we see that even in like proverbs i'm just going to read a verse which marries wisdom and creativity because in Proverbs 8, it's wisdom is speaking. It's the voice of wisdom. It's beautiful. And I have to say this in both the Hebrew and the Greek, the word for wisdom is feminine. Mm, oh, I love that. Wisdom is portrayed in, in the feminine voice. I mean, even like the Greek, a word for wisdom is Sophia. Mm. Yeah beautiful, eh? So anyway, wisdom is speaking here, you know, because all of Proverbs is really, it's these little, you know, quick little sayings, these one-liners, if you will, but they're so profound and powerful, all about comparing and contrasting wisdom to foolishness and making great decisions. But it says here, and I'm just going to read a couple verses. I'm reading out the Amplified Proverbs 8.23 says, I, wisdom, was inaugurated or ordained from everlasting, from the beginning, before ever the earth existed. And I'm going to jump down to verse 30. Then I, wisdom, was beside him, God, as a master and director of the work talking Mm. about creation. Okay. And I was daily his delight rejoicing before him always. So some translations say I was a workman. I was a worker with God in creation itself, right? The ultimate expression of creativity involved wisdom. And so we know that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit guides us into all the truth. So wisdom and the Holy Spirit and creativity, you cannot separate them, really. Even the word inspired, we're inspired 
to give a great performance or to write this phenomenal music or this incredible novel. We are inspired. The very word inspired means inspirited. Mm. It's this it's this concept, this thought of the spirit coming in and God breathing on your idea, God breathing on that talent, God breathing on that work that you've created and, and giving that power and influence and beauty to it. Mm. So we know Holy Spirit is very much a part of creativity, especially, I believe he's everywhere and he, you know, blesses people. But I believe especially again, as people who walk with the Lord, wow, he's living within us and he also wants to come upon us. It's like breaking up the deeps and a deluge from on high. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where there's this overflow of, of beauty and creativity. Yeah. And I love that because creativity is transcendent. Like, I think if you're listening to a beautiful piece of music, it takes you somewhere else. Or if you're watching a movie and you're impacted by a story or a work of art, you're taken to another place. So, and that to me is deeply spiritual. Like, that's. Yeah you know, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, transcendent, you know? I love that word. It's like you're touching the divine. You know, you're having this moment, like like you say, a beautiful piece of art or a, a piece of music or a movie. And it's like, this is another level. This yeah. is something that is so profound that it does transcend usual yeah. limitations and the common. Because yeah. it is, it's original and originality resonates with us on the deepest level because that's what we were created to be. It's like it vibrates at a certain frequency in your yes. spirit, in the core of your being, and you recognize this is of the divine. And that's what I'm called to because I am eternal, I am creative, and I am moral at my yeah. very core. Yeah, and it calls to people. So we talked about, you know, Holy Spirit. And um, I mentioned that this whole um, idea of the seven spirits of God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. in Revelation too. I mean, um, Revelation, I think it's four or five and five, six. It's, it's this, it's the scene in heaven. And John, the revelator, the apostle John, it has been like transporting he's having this open vision of the throne room of God. And I mean, talk about special effects. I just can't imagine what this would look like. I try, but it's like, you've got the elders there and you've got these creatures flying around and these bowls of incense and it's got these seven eyes. And it says, these are the seven spirits of God. And it says it a couple of times. It's like, the seven spirits of God. And again, I said, it's not like either six, you know, siblings with the Holy spirit, but seven always represents perfection and completion in scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, the number, we even have that in our secular world, you know, lucky seven and seven's yeah. just this number that has great significance. So you've got the seven spirits of God, which really are these seven manifestations or these unfoldings of his character, his nature, and how he ministers to us. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, what, I know like there's, you know, gifts of the spirit, there's, you know, nine of those, and there's nine fruit, you know, and what are the seven spirits or the seven manifestations of how he ministers to us and through us? And you can find that actually in Isaiah 11. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm just going to read a little bit of it. I'm not even going to go into all seven. Um, that's not what we're talking about today, although it's a fabulous study. But yeah. just quickly, um, Isaiah 11 is a messianic prophecy. It was written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, but it's about Jesus, right? It's foretelling, forecasting that he's coming and and what you know how Holy Spirit is going to minister through him because the Bible tells us that Jesus was 100% man, he's 100% God, but he walked as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? As our example. He didn't really minister out of his divinity. It says he laid aside his divine privileges in Philippians 2. He was still God, but he as our example, I'm going to walk humbly with my Father do what I see him doing, say what I hear him saying. I'm go- And he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, and that's how he ministered. And so in Isaiah 11, it says, and there shall come forth a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, and Jesse was David's father. So, you know, Jesus, you know, sits on the throne of King David. So there's this lineage. So it says there's going to come a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, and a branch out of his roots shall grow and bear fruit. And that's talking about Jesus. And here we go, verse two, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Then it begins to break it down. The first aspect of the way the Holy Spirit was going to rest on him and on us, by the way, because we receive the Holy Spirit, we're sent forth as his representatives. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Number one, the spirit of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. And then it goes on to say, and he will make him of quick understanding, which is another one of the spirits. It's a quick, sensitive spirit. So there's seven. The first one that he mentions is the spirit of wisdom. And you, again, you would think, well, that's got to be, you know, tremendous insight into the mysteries of God and the secret counsels of the Lord. And actually, that word for wisdom means artistry, technical skill, and special ability. Wow. What? Cool. What? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the same word used for wisdom in the builders of the tabernacle. Yeah. Right. And um, it said God made them white. And this is like in Exodus 31. I think I'll find it in um, 28. Talking about the embroiderers and Mm -hmm. the jewel cutters and the craftsmen, the woodworkers, the metal workers. It said God made them wise of heart. Mm -hmm. So he put wisdom in the, the spirit of wisdom in them in order to excel at their crafts and their trades. And so this is talking, I like to say it like this, it's talking about a rubber meets the road, Holy Spirit intervention in the form of insight that enables us to accomplish even our daily tasks in an enhanced way. And certainly our art, our, you know, all those aspects of creativity, those expressions. Um, Yeah, I mean, and this actually carries the meaning of witty inventions. Really? Wow. Yes. So we're talking about technical skill here. We're not just talking about an artistic expression. Obviously, it certainly does, you know, mean that. But even witty inventions. And you mentioned to me when we were chatting about this, um, 
session a little bit about how it's interesting that the first place in scripture that we see God putting the spirit of wisdom into someone was here in Exodus where Bezalel is the main architect and it says God gave him the spirit of wisdom that the first place we see it's talking about a person who was going to have an artistic expression was going to build something. And I I think that's important to recognize. I love that you brought that point up because there's a law of first mention in scripture, which means when we first encounter a phrase, uh, a concept in scripture, it's usually in the very early books, like in Genesis or Exodus, We see that it's important to really study that passage because that lays the foundation for interpretation later. And you you gain clarity when you see that law first mentioned, how is it being revealed to us Mm -hmm. in that initial way? And what hit me was, okay, then God really cares about that expression. It's, it's, you know, he was building something. It was creative, that wisdom, that Holy spirit intervention, it, he cared about beauty Oh, yes. And not only that, what was being built was the place he would inhabit. Mm. It was the tabernacle in the wilderness, which is where he would show up. That was the meeting place with his people. That was, you know, the point of contact between God and the earth Mm -hmm. was the tabernacle. And that's where he first gave a spirit of wisdom and creativity that tells me his value for beauty, his value for that expression. And also that through our expression of creativity with his spirit is a place where people can meet with God. They can encounter him. He inhabits that. Like you were saying, wow, that movie or that painting, it transcends your reality and it takes you somewhere deeper there's this other dimension to it yeah yeah i love that you talk about beauty because i think sometimes in the church world it can be sort of um sort of seen as um what's the word like shallow like having a desire for beauty or having right. Um, yeah, that can seen as seen as shallow, but I, I love how you're talking about like God has a value for that. So can yeah. you, I mean, that's kind of going off my questions, but beauty and creativity feels so connected. So yeah. why, why do you think God values beauty? Well, I mean, I can just look around the natural world. Mm. And I can see his design and it's like, and I'll watch these nature shows and they go into the deepest, darkest jungles or whatever. And they discover these incredible, or they go to the depths of the ocean where you're not Mm. in your everyday life going to encounter these creatures or these um, circumstances, but they'll go into these jungles where hardly anybody has been before. And they will find the most spectacularly beautiful butterflies and insects, or they'll go to the depths of the ocean. There's these incredible creatures and fish um, just reflecting these gorgeous colors and designs. And I'm going, why? If we, I mean, now we can see them, you know, because of, you know, media, but they have existed for hundreds and thousands and some people believe millions of years, you know, and I'm like, God just enjoys the beauty. 
Mm-hmm. And he creates it whether we're going to see it or not. I mean, he wants us to enjoy. But I mean, you you can look from the astronomical to the atomic and see the beauty of design and synergy and glory. I mean, what goes on in the galaxy, it's everywhere. And the Bible talks about, you know, he's like written with, you know, nature is Mm -hmm. his book in so many ways. And as a matter of fact, when I need inspiration, um, part of the way, you know, I fellowship with Holy Spirit is to go out in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and then we can look at people and sometimes people aren't pretty, you know, just at their behavior, but you can't look at a baby or I, without seeing incredible innocence and beauty and purity. So it's everywhere around us. And he is the creator. He's the ultimate creative. And yeah, there's this beautiful expression. And, yeah. you know, it's sad because if you think about church history, wow, they built cathedrals to point people to God, even the architectural design. And back hundreds of years ago, the church was the biggest sponsor of art, mm-hmm. right? And music. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Sistine Chapel, the, right. you know, and it's incredible. And so there was no mutual exclusivity between beauty, excellence, art, and God. Yeah. Yeah, and, wow. and I, I just crept in that no, that is carnal to look at the outside and to look around. You know, it is like a puritanical um, ethos of austerity mm. is true humility and and that sort of thing and virtue. But no, I think it's reveling in what God has done and looking at the beauty and then being that representative and expression of it when mm. it comes from His heart, you know, in His spirit. Yeah. How could it be anything but great? Yeah. And I, even just from a emotional health, mental health perspective, a lot of counselors and psychologists talk about beauty hunting, where you literally go throughout your day intentionally looking for beauty because it actually helps resource you and regulate your nervous system. So That's just like so you go hiking, like even scientifically, when you're in beauty, it helps it just takes you out of your funky headspace, you know? Right. So, yeah. So it gets you like looking at, you know, wonder and beauty and yeah. yeah I mean, it resonates like, with the core of who you are, your yeah. true identity. Yes, yeah. And it aligns you, right? It's like, yes. And you can't help when you see something beautiful, it just, you emote gratitude. Yes. I believe. You yes. just have wonder, like you said, that childlikeness, that, that gratitude and, and gratitude is a force. It's like, yeah. there's literally in the Greek, um, thanks, Thanksgiving and grace are the yeah. same root word. I mean, there's a release of grace in your life when you walk in gratitude. And yeah. that's what we call thanking God for our food. We call it saying grace. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. like, yeah, yeah that's so true. Like, yeah. Think about it, you know, so you're in beauty, you, it's resonating, you're getting outside of your head, you're realigning, you're recalibrating, and you're releasing grace into you. I mean, let's all go on a hike right now. <laughs> I know, permission <laughs> to... Which is nature, I mean. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like I'm on a constant beauty hunt in New York City because it's so beautiful here. It's so yeah. crazy. And it just really takes you out of, I've noticed it li- literally shift something internally whenever I look at it. I love it. And that you're developing your eye for it. I mean, you're going to see it in more places and in different ways where you would have missed it because you're, yeah, you're really developing that. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. I, I mentioned that it's, it means technical skill as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, wisdom, you know, released as creativity. And I actually have a story if we have time for it, yeah. a quick story about yeah. my husband experienced this. And it's that whole thing you were talking about of orbiting and grabbing ideas. So yeah. my husband, he's retired now, but he worked for many, many years in the biotech field, which is, you know, they, he worked for a company that manufactured medical equipment and he was a tech and he, this device he worked on, it's called the ultra drive. And it was an ultrasonic tip that vibrated like 40,000 times a second. I mean, I can't even imagine that. I mean, you would drop water on it and it would just evaporate it. And it was designed to be used in hip replacement revision surgery. So like when people get a hip replacement, right? Sometimes that first one they get, there would be an infection or there would be some damage. They would have to remove it and replace it. Well, those hip replacements are put in with cement. Mm. I'm not kidding. It's like, really? Yeah, that's how they, you know, fix it. And so what they used to have to do when they would remove that hip replacement, they would use, it was almost like a jackhammer to Mm. cut through that cement, to remove that prosthesis. It was traumatic to the patient. You can imagine. So they, someone invented, developed this tip that would slice through that cement like butter. And it would be like, oh my gosh, quicker surgery, less trauma to the patient, such a blessing. So they were doing the, they were building this. And they were building it. They R&D, research and development was in Southern California. They were building it here in Reading. And my husband was kind of, you know, one of the leads on the project. So they're developing this thing. And all of a sudden, and it was working, it was working, and they're testing it. And it started shorting out, shorting out. for, And they could not figure out why this device was malfunctioning. And so they had the guys in R&D down south working on, I mean, these are guys are engineers. They've got advanced degrees in electronic technology. They could not figure out why this device kept shorting out. And so they're working on it up here in Reading. They're working on it down south. And it is so frustrating. They cannot move forward, obviously, with manufacturing or getting, you know, FDA approval until they fix this. I mean, how terrible to be in the middle of a surgery and it shorts out, right? <laughs> this is, this is uh, it's just unacceptable. So anyway, it was very frustrating. My husband said just one day, he, they had been working on it all morning and he was super frustrated. He just stepped outside on a break and he said, Holy Spirit, we need the answer. And literally within moments, he got a picture of a fix. It was just basically, and I'm no electronic tech, but it was basically connecting this small wire just from here to this other part. And the Holy Spirit said, that'll fix it. And he goes in, he tries it, it works. And they they named it after him. They call it the Uli Jumper. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we didn't get rich off of it or anything, but it's like, I love it that the Holy Spirit cared enough Mm-hmm. about that device and about these people that in a moment he just showed him he gave him a download mm-hmm. of this yeah so it's like it's there it and i believe god wants us to be inventors and innovators and have answers for mankind yeah. and and to express him this way mhm 
Yeah, I love that. And just sort of like in closing, like I'd love you to kind of speak to how we kind of, I think, I mean, I love just even you sharing that story because it enlarges our perspective of what could be possible. So I think like hearing stories helps, but how do we steward creativity? Like how do we do that? And this spirit side. Yeah, you know, the um, thing that really, and I, and I, I have another quick story about, mm-hmm. you know, creativity showing up in a secular realm, but it was ordained by God, was the motivation I found for whether it was my husband's little, you know, download that he got, or, or some other accounts I've heard, was that the motive for wanting the, you know, seeking God for these answers. It wasn't selfish. It wasn't like, well, I just want to become famous because I invented this, or I want to give the greatest performance. So I will be the most, you know, acclaimed actor or, um, or I want to get rich off of it. It was, uh, out of a heart of, I really want to serve. Mm. And I heard a quote that just really resonated with me. And it says, we are anointed and you can say we are gifted. We have talents and we do, we have, have, we are born with, and we develop talents and giftings. They come from God. We are anointed and gifted because someone else has a need. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? And so these accounts I hear of where people's heart was, I want to serve others. Mm-hmm. And yes, and it's a joy to us and it's fulfilling to us. It can't help but be, um, I like what Pastor Bill Johnson says. He goes, it's like, where are these hoses? Where are these conveyors? And we're supposed to dispense, you know, this water to refresh others. But it's inevitable that we get wet too, right? <laughs> On the inside. So we are refreshed. And the Bible talks about that. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. But it was that heart of, oh, I'm going to use this to serve mankind and to yeah. reveal God and his goodness. Um, so really quickly, back, Andy and I were watching um, the Time Life. They did this video series on the history of rock and roll. And we love rock and roll, you know, grew up with it. It's a soundtrack of our youth. And so it goes all the way back, you know, to the 50s and on through all the different eras. And they hit on, okay, in 1966, the Beach Boys, who were already very popular, very successful, very well known. And they had been writing songs we're all familiar with, you know, their surfing songs and songs about pretty girls and fast cars. And that's awesome awesome. But in this uh, documentary, Brian Wilson, uh, who was the leader of the Beach Boys, he says, we came to a point where we wanted more and we wanted to produce a spiritual album. We wanted to produce and record an album that would bless people. I'm like, and I'm not talking about a worship album, okay? They wanted to create something that would really impact mankind and be a blessing. He said, so what we would do when we were going to start, you know, recording our next album was I got the band together and I got them in my house and I turned down the lights and we had prayer meetings. I'm like, what? So we have a series of prayer meetings where they gather the band and seek the Lord. And the album that came out of that was Pet Sounds. 
And Pet Sounds, it was extremely creative, it was experimental, and it was revolutionary. That he had different sounds going like dog whistles and bike, dog, yeah, dog whistles, bike bells, harpsichords, layering incredible harmonies as they always did. But the impact of this album was historic. People like I mean, George Harrison, Paul McCartney, Eric Clapton, Elton John, Bob Dylan all say this is like their favorite album. It was revolutionary. It went, uh, Bob Dylan said it needs to go into the Smithsonian. It won album of the year. It won best album ever. All these. I mean, not only that, it actually started a renaissance in secular rock and roll to where um, Sgt. Pepper the Beatles incredible album was inspired by pet sounds. They trace it back. I mean, they admit wow. it. They go, this was the inspiration. I couldn't have done this without first having heard that. And the thing is, it also sparked this renaissance in like album covers started becoming works of art. People trace it back to the release of Pet Sounds. Now, the Beach Boys were already successful. Mm -hmm. They were already incredibly talented. But it was only after they set aside time to seek God that they were able to produce an album of historic, revolutionary status. Wow. And it's like, we have talents. We have gifts. You know, we've developed them. And that is beautiful. But if we partner with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of creativity and we seek him for the benefit of others, yes, there's a release of another dimension to our art, to our problem solving, to our technical skill. Wow. That's you know, it says in James 1 5, if you lack wisdom, just ask. Right. And it's like, and it says, he, God, God's not mad about it. It says he's not going to reproach you for doing that. He, it says he will give it to you generously. Again, he is storing up wisdom for us, not from us. Yeah. He does want us to seek though, because he wants to partner with us. He's not just going to dump it on, you know, it's like he wants that relationship, that covenantal relationship where we see that merging of the human and the divine mm. to reveal who he is in the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's such a beautiful way to end the podcast because I just love that because a lot of the time in the creative world, like any industry, our ego is driving. Right. Like we're, we need it for our own personal validation right. as a creative. And I love that perspective because it brings it back into alignment of like, actually, creativity is supposed to serve people. It's absolutely less. And, and you do it, yeah, from identity, not for identity. Yeah. Right. From a place of, I, I'm already loved and I'm a person of worth. And from that place, I can release this beauty. Yeah. yeah. And it's a process. You know, we're not like, oh, yes, I'm just completely confident. And I, you know, know yeah, totally. who I am. It is a growing process. But that's the gift we give him is that partnering with him and taking those steps and seeking him and, uh, yeah, and listening. I love that. Wow. Well, I so appreciate you jumping on the call this morning and um, oh, my pleasure. Me. And yeah, I think that. 
this is just a beautiful podcast that talks about the origin of something that we're all we all inherently have like right. we have it so i love going deeper into like what it is not just like oh someone did an artwork like there's actually a lot more depth into the yeah. origin story you know so yeah. thank you so much for coming on welcome. i'm so excited for you and what what's up the road for you and all your creative expression and yeah. we we sure. love you ella Aww. we love who you are and how you use your talents to serve so beautifully oh thanks bernie i appreciate it you're so kind Thanks for listening today. Please download, share with your friends and write a review. If you would like to book in a life coaching session with me, go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com or follow me on Instagram at Next Brave Thing Podcast.